All right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to continue uh, teaching uh, tonight on this uh, topic of judgment uh, as it pertains to judging one another, right? Uh, which kind of we talked about last week. We spent a lot of time talking about how this is such a hot topic issue um, in our culture today. And it's one of the most misunderstood and misused things, parts of Scripture uh, in in all of Scripture, really. We talked about how we're so quick today to jump on this bandwagon of, well, you can't judge me, right? Only God can judge me. And, and that's true. God will judge us, right? And, and we don't understand uh, what exactly Jesus is telling us here. And we looked at two different sides of the spectrum last week, right? We looked at the, the legalistic side. We looked at the liberal side of things. And You know, you can tend to, to put every topic of Scripture in one of those categories, right? We can view Scripture liberally or legalistically. And, you know, so the liberal would read this, judge not lest you be judged, and go, Amen, brother! We're not going to judge. But when we do is, is when a liberal will say that, they will have no basis or standard of truth um, with that statement. So what they do is they open up the door for all kinds of, of sin and relativity and, and all that. And we talked about how um, if you don't have a standard of truth, you can't operate correctly, right? But the legalist will take that and twist it to, to um, impose or demand things on people that they have no right to impose or demand. A legalist will look at that and say, well, whatever um, obligation I have to judge, I'm going to take it to the full extreme and I'm going, to impl- I'm going to demand something from my brother that they can't live up to, right? And so... What I tried to do last week was just kind of set these, these things up for us a little bit. Give us a little background on what the Bible really has to say about judgment. So we cleared up a few misconceptions last week. And I want to just briefly go over those real quick. Um, a lot of Christians believe that because we're saved, there is no judgment for us. We'll talk about that tonight. That's not true, right? Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die... And after this, the judgment. Just as assured as we're going to die unless Jesus comes back, we will be judged, right? Um, another myth that we kind of talked about. Do what? We, just as assuredly as we're going to die, we're going to be judged, right? It's, you know, what are the sure things in this life? Death and taxes, right? Right, right. So we could, for a Christian, it's three things. Death, taxes, and judgment. Right, we, we will be judged. It's going to happen. Another thing that we kind of cleared up was that um, Jesus says, uh, we're not to judge, right? Matthew 7, 1 and 2, we're not to judge. Yet in John 7, 24, he says that we are to judge with right judgment. So the issue here and what we tried to, to um, clear up was that Jesus is not forbidding all judgment in Matthew 7. He's not saying, don't even go there with your brother. That's not what he's saying at all. Um, because he, we do have an obligation to judge correctly. And again, we're going to address how we do that tonight. And so what we determined through our study last week was, was Jesus is really combating and coming down on this rash, self-righteous judgment from people who demand perfection from everybody else, yet don't put the same expectation on themselves. Right? And so that's the whole point of what Jesus is saying, right? Um, we have no right as humans to demand perfection from others. And the reason for that is because we're not perfect ourselves. 
Only the perfect one can demand perfection. Now we talked about that. He does demand perfection from us. Matthew chapter 5. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So there's the standard, and it's really high. And the perfect one has given us that standard. But here's what we found out. He is able to make that, um, that statement to us be perfect because He Himself equipped us with everything we need to be perfect. So the perfect one can say and judge us perfectly because He gives us everything we need to be in right standing with God and to look the way we need to. Jesus is our righteousness, right? And so therefore, with our, concerning our standing before God, we will be based or judged based on that, Amen. on how Jesus uh, is our righteousness. So the point that Jesus is making here in this passage that we looked at last week was that we are called to exercise what's known as equitable judgment. We are to judge correctly within the measure that we have been allowed to exercise judgment. Okay, um, And so the only way we can do that is through the standard that God has set forth for us, which is His Word. So, so we talked about the necessity of knowing and understanding the Word of God and also making our assessments of people and judgments of people based on that. And so real quick before we move forward, what is a judgment? We talked about that last week. What, what, is, what does it mean to judge or to make a judgment about somebody? Decision. Right. To make a decision, to be decisive, to make up your mind about somebody. Now here's the thing. Here's what we tend to jump to when it comes to judgment. We tend to make up our mind about somebody based on just a little bit of information, don't we? We, we, we tend to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, right? We look at somebody and we look at a little part of their life and we make a decision about them that pertains to them as a whole and that's not accurate, right? That's why our judgment is flawed. We are flawed when we try to judge the way only God can judge. So, what I want to do this evening... It does, but boy, I've made some terrible first impressions. <laughs> Praise God for second ones and hundredth ones. But, um, so what I want to do this evening is kind of take us through the rest of this passage, verses 2 through 5, and help us understand what exactly Jesus is saying about um, judgment. And then I want to show us how we implement right judgment effectively. Again, very practical stuff this evening. So let's look at the passage. I do want to talk about verse 2 in a little bit different light than we did last week, because um, I want to bring some things out about um, the kind of judgment that we're going to face. Uh, when, when we, you know, last week we just kind of said, yes, we're going to be judged, but how? What's that going to look like? So I do want to take some time and go through that. So before we do that, I just want to read the passage to you to set up uh, our time tonight. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not, pre- do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So when we read these words here in verse 2 especially, we see a common teaching that we've already seen throughout the Sermon on the Mount. Let me just kind of share this with you. He says, with the judgment you pronounced, you will be judged. Right? It's kind of this, this tit-for-tat teaching. What you, what you put out, you're going to get back. Right? 
What you dish, you better be able to receive. Um, we see this in um, uh, chapter 5, verse 7 in the Beatitudes, right? Um, only those who will receive mercy are whom? The merciful, right? Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Um, Matthew six twelve in the Lord's Prayer, He prays or teaches us to pray that God would forgive us as we have forgiven others, right? And then He takes that a step further in verses 14 and 15. He says, if you withhold forgiveness from others, you better be ready for God to withhold His forgiveness from you. And we spent a lot of time talking about that when we were on that section um, so what he's saying is, just like these other passages, and he's teaching us about judgment here, it's a warning about our actions, about how we, how we work and, and how we function in these types of relationships with people and to understand and act correctly in, in order that we avoid something that we're not ready or able uh, to endure. We, we live a life in such a way, if we live a life that does not exercise mercy, it means that we better be ready and shouldn't expect mercy to be shown to us. That's what Jesus is saying. Same thing with forgiveness, right? To live a life of unforgiveness means we better be prepared to not receive forgiveness. And we talked about how that's impossible, right? How can we truly be a people of God and not want those things? And how can we be the people of God and not show those things? The same is true here with, with judgment. The same is true about if we're not willing to judge correctly, we shouldn't expect correct judgment on our behalf. That's what Jesus is saying in verse 2. So we set ourselves up as judge in place of God. Here's what we're really saying. <clears throat> we may not think we're saying this, but here's what we're saying. When we set ourselves up to the place of God and we try to judge the way only God can judge, here's what we're saying. I understand the law fully, right? Because that's my basis of judgment. And I'm doing it all correctly anyway. That's what we're saying when we try to usurp God's authority in judgment. And so Jesus is giving us this warning. Don't do that. Don't put yourself in a position where you're going to fail at this. Don't try to judge like God judges because you're not perfect and you're not going to get it right. And it's a warning here. Um, we see other warnings in Scripture about this type of standard that's set up. James chapter 3, verse 1. You don't have to turn there. But here's what it says. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with stricter, with greater strictness. You know what that means? We're all going to stand before God um, and, to be, and be judged based on our deeds. Randy, myself, every other pastor who stands before people to preach the Word of God will be held to a higher standard and a stricter judgment based on how we've preached God's Word. And so here's a warning by James, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Don't be a teacher if you think you're going to mess it up. Well, I probably shouldn't be, right? But I know that I'll have to stand before God and give an account for every word that's been spoken in a pulpit. Everything that I've done in trying to teach and impart the Scriptures to you and to anybody else, I will be judged based on what I've said. And so it is a heavy, heavy warning to be heated, right? Don't get into this thing if you're going to do it wrong. That's what James is saying. It's better for you not to teach than to teach and to mess it up because you will be judged stricter. You know, it's, it's a scary thing to think of, of the pastors who have to stand and give an account for what they teach. And, I, you know, we miss it. It's like we don't see it now. It's like the calm before the storm. We don't, 
We don't think God is going to make good on this promise. Revelation 22.18 says um, there are dangers. It's a curse that falls on anyone who adds or takes away from the book. That's scary. You've got to think about that. But see, when we read something like that, we see the dangers of that warning, right? We see that, man, I don't want a curse to fall on me. But the question is, do we see the danger in the warning here in Matthew chapter 7? When Jesus says, don't judge or you'll be judged because the same measure and the same amount or type of judgment that you pour out on someone else will be poured back onto you. Do we understand that warning that he's heeding to us? A simple answer is this. Um, well, let me ask you this. Why is it important to, to really look at this warning and, and to heed it um, correctly? What are the dangers? What's the danger? Why is judgment such a big deal? In your mind, I want to hear from you. Why is judgment from God such a big deal? You don't want to lie about that. Okay. It's final, I guess, too. Are we afraid of God's judgment? Yeah. Why? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, it's a great, great observation. You know, I've thought about it. it. Everything I've done is going to be judged by fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm mighty afraid that some of it, well, I know some of it's done for uh, nobody else to do it or other reasons yeah. except to glorify Him. Although you were doing at the time the best you knew. Yeah. But He'll judge it right. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah, He will. And that's, that's something that I want you to understand is that um, he's going to judge it correctly, which is what we fail to do, right? We fail to judge accurately. But just the, the finality and the definitiveness of his judgment, like it's going to happen. Now, how many of you are a parent? How many of you have made empty threats to your kids? You do that one more time, right? And one more time turns into 50 billionth time, right? And what happens is eventually our kids are like, I ain't going to do about it, right? You've heard me tell this story about my dad, man. I lost one of his tools one time, and he said, I'll give you the end of the day to find it. If you don't find it, get him whooped. Went all day, looked all day. Come in for supper, did you find it? No, well, okay. Didn't say anything else about it. Four hours later, like I put him in my room, ready for bed, like, hey, forgot about it. I was in wore my tail out, and then made me go to bed. I was like 18 when that happened. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like that happened. And I'm like, you know, we do that sometimes. We presume uh, on the forgetfulness of our parents sometimes. But we can't do that with God. Why? Because what He says, He's going to do. And we forget that. And I think that's why we're not that worried about the judgment of God sometimes. Because maybe there's this part of us that maybe says, well, maybe He just really won't do it. Maybe we will get up there and He'll just go, ah, don't worry about it. No probation. Uh, no probation. Yeah, that's right. He will judge, right? And he will judge with the same measure that we have judged others. Many Christians don't understand that. And, and we don't understand what it's going to look like at the judgment. Some of us may even believe, and there's some, some really respectable scholars out there. Um, did you want to make a comment? Go ahead, finish yourself. There's some, there's some really respectable scholars out there who believe that because of Christ, we do not face any judgment. And, and I disagree with that. And I'm going to show you, show you that here in just a second. But you go ahead. Do, I, I oftentimes wonder, will we be judged?
like the non-believers. Sure. We're going to be judged just like them. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. Let me let me show you that. Um, let me let me give you some of these. Let me give you some of these passages. Um, let me give you some of these passages. Hebrews four. Right. Hebrews four thirteen. Uh, and no creature. So who's included in that? No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give an account. You say you said you feel like you and Randy, y'all are pastors. Mm-hmm. You feel like y'all are held within a little high esteem as far as as far as being accurate and 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 what you preach and yes. what you say. Teaching the word, yeah. Yes. Is that is that in, in your studies in your studies does is that in does that play any part in the back of your mind as far as making sure you're correct? Yes. That's why there's about 50 million scripture references under our reference tonight. Because I try my best to make sure that every point I make is backed up, not by just the scripture that's being taught, but by other scriptures. Scripture always validates scripture. And if you can't find it anywhere else, you better be careful. Yeah. And I've tried to be very careful, and I haven't always done a great job at this. I've tried to be very careful at preaching my opinion. Everybody's got one of them. Like armpits. Most people have, everybody's got them and most of them stink, right? That's what, that's what opinions are like. So I try not to do that. I do that sometimes and I, I have to ask forgiveness. And that's why also I pray really hard over what I preach. Because I don't, and you heard me pray it tonight, God, if anything comes out of my mouth, it's not of you, let it fall to the ground. You absolutely are. And so there are people who have perceptions about heaven, about their salvation about all these things that are hinging upon what a preacher said. And man, that's a high, high, high thing to live People up like to. People like me that don't understand half to read, no way. Somebody's got to explain yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't understand uh, a lot of it too. So, so yes, we're judged in a stricter, because uh, uh, judged more strictly because of how we uh, impart the word to you. Yeah, so, um, so Hebrews 4.13 all things are uh, naked and, and exposed to the eyes of whom we must give an account. Second Corinthians five ten, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Romans fourteen ten, why do you pass judgment on your brother, or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat. Of God. Now, we may read these and say, well, that's just, that's unbelievers. But notice what's being said. The writer of Hebrews is saying, writing this to Christians. Paul is writing it about not only other Christians, but about himself. Well, do we believe Paul was a Christian? So Paul's saying, I'm going to stand there, and so are all of us, right? Now, let me give you another scripture because I'm going to throw a wrench in it here. John 5 24. Listen to what Jesus says. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever hears my word and believes him uh, who sent me has eternal life. So who are that? Christians, right? And he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So here's my question. Is there a contradiction? No. Yes. Alright, so Paul says, you're going to be judged. We're all going to be judged. Jesus says, 
If you believe in me, you'll be judged. So who's right? Here's what I believe the Scripture is teaching. Um, and we don't have time to go through all this, but I just kind of want to give you the, the highlights of this. Here's what I believe. The, I believe the judgment that Paul's talking about is different from the judgment that Jesus is talking about in John chapter 5. So here's what I believe. The Bible speaks of two different judgments. There are two different judgments. Um, go with me to Revelation chapter 20 in your Bible. I want to take a look at, the, at this judgment. Revelation chapter 20. and uh, We're going to pick up in verse uh, 11. This is the great white throne uh, of judgment. <clears throat> Revelation 20. Verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And here's what I want you to pay attention. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books, plural, were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what's written in the books according to what they had done. Verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So, here's what I want you to notice about this passage. All the dead. Who is that? Everybody. If Jesus doesn't come back, we're going to die. We know that, right? And so, if, if Jesus doesn't come back before we die, and we pass away, we're a part of this all. Right? All the dead. Great and small. I believe that refers to, to ages. The small being children and adults, right? Great and small are dead and they are called to stand before the throne. So here's what we have in this multitude of people. We have saved people, we have unsaved people. And we are all standing before God and His throne together. Now notice what happens next. After we're all gathered together, it says the books were open. Plural, more than one book, Right? There's a, I don't know how many, probably a bunch. Because what's written in those books? Every deed that every person who's ever lived committed. Good and bad. Bunch of books, right? Or maybe somebody writes really small, I don't know. But there's a bunch of books, right? And then, notice this. <clears throat> there is another book, just one, that is then opened. What is that book? It's the book of life. And so here's what we have. All these people who've ever lived in the history of the world are standing before God's throne. Two sets of books are opened. And so in one book, or one of the books, everything that we've done, every deed that we've done, every action, every thought, every word, is written down in that book. And we are judged based upon what's in those books. All throughout. Everything we've done from birth to death is written in that book. Then, the other book is open. So, you, I don't know if it's an angel or whoever it is. He's looking at this. Here's what you've done. Da, 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 da. And then, 
the other book is laid bare, laid open. There's your name. You're a believer, right? You enter into the kingdom. So here's what we see. There's a book based on our deeds. And then there's a book based on our standing before God. Right? Now, most of, many of us may only be concerned about our standing before God. I would say that, that then you don't really have a, a firm grasp of two things. Why you're here after salvation, right? Because what we do and the way we live as Christians matters greatly. Not just for the here and now, but for eternity, right? Um, but it also means that, that all you're really after is, is you get to go to heaven. And you're not as concerned about the glory of God, but that's, that's something for another day. So here's what we see. People are judged, and the single book is open. If your name is written, you get to go into heaven. Your name must be in the Lamb's book of life for you to go to heaven. We understand that, right? How was our name put in the Lamb's book of life? The gospel. Faith in the gospel. Now, this is a little side note, but it's interesting. Revelation 13.8 says that the names written in that book were written before the foundation of the world. Something for you to look at and think about. Now, yes. Now, I don't know which happens first. I don't know if the deeds judgment happens first or if the, the Lamb's Book of Life judgment happens first. I don't know, um, but I think they happen at the same time while we're standing before God. Um, that's just what I truly believe, right? Um, but here's what I do know. There are two judgments, deeds versus standing. And here's what I think is going to happen as Christians. I think this is really important. I think Scripture teaches this. We're going to stand before God, and He's going to judge us, um, and he's going, to, he's going to read the books on us, and all the sin that we've committed is going to be made known. And can you just imagine that? You've got this multitude of people behind you, and they're going to know what your sin is. And it's going to be brought to light. Every word, every thought, I mean, everything. And then, as God says, well, you know, where, how do you plead? Did you do these things? Yeah. Then I believe Jesus is going to step forward and say, I paid for all that. Right? My blood has covered those sins. And as a result, our name will be seen in the Lamb's Book of Life. But then here's what I think is going to happen. After that, Jesus is now going to step onto the throne. And He's going to judge Christians based on their deeds after salvation. John 5, 20. Two mm -hmm. There's the judgment of our position, our standing, but then there's also the judgment of our deeds, I think, after salvation as well. Here's why. John 5, 22. Um, the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. So, so Jesus is going to judge us, right? He's going to judge His church. And so I want you to get this picture in your head. I think this is something good that we need to pay attention to. Jesus is going to take the throne, and He's going to go from being our advocate for salvation, to now our judge based on our deeds after salvation. So, we're going to be like, yes, I'm glad Jesus is here to, oh, now I've got to give an account to Jesus. Yes, positionally. Now, here's what I mean by that. When God looks, I think God looks at us, and the best analogy I have for this is kind of two different lenses. He looks at us through the lens of, of heaven and hell. That's positional standing. Are you justified or not? And when he looks at us through that lens, he's going to see Jesus. 
because he is our righteousness. But then I think, I think he also, Jesus will look at us through our deeds. We have been equipped at salvation with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? To live a life of godliness, 2 Peter chapter 1. He has given us everything we need to live a life of godliness. And so then we're going to be judged based on what we've done uh, in our life as Christians, right? Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We all build on this foundation. Who is the foundation? Jesus Christ. And we build with many different things. With wood, right? With stone, with hay, with stubble, with gold and gems and precious stones, right? And at that day, all of those things will be burned up, will be tested by fire. And the things that are not of Christ are going to be burned up. And we, and the Bible says this, we will escape the fire, but what? Merrily. The skin of our teeth. So we get to heaven, but we'll be singed a little bit, right? I, mean, I don't know if that's accurate, but um, we might smell like fire for sure. So, so here's what we see. He, he is now our, 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 our judge for our deeds after salvation. So now what does that look like? Let's imagine we're face to face with Jesus, who is, was our advocate and is now our judge. And he's on the throne and he says, listen, since I bought you, since I paid the ransom for your life. Here's what has happened since then. And that's going to be laid out before us and we're going to see it. And he's going to, we're going to look at him and, and we're going to, I, I really believe this. I believe scripture is going to just flood our minds as we're looking at it. And you know, for me, it's the scripture of he who knew no sin became sin on my behalf. Like I'm going to be looking at that. And, and I'm going to realize he died for all this junk that he's about to bring up. And I'm excited about that. I'm thankful for that. But then I also have to give an account for why I did those things. Why, when I have the Spirit of God on me, do I sow in the flesh? Why, when I have the power to put to death sins of the body, do I commit sins of the body? Right? And we will have to give an account for that. And so we're looking at this face of the one who died for our sins. And, and, and we must understand and we must give an account for why we committed those things. Every time I presumed on the grace of God and willfully sinned, I've got to give an account for that. TJ, did you commit this sin knowing that I was going to forgive you? Well, yes, Lord. Why? Why did you presume on my grace? We're going to have to give an account for that. TJ, when my Holy Spirit was speaking to your heart saying, don't do this, why did you do it anyway? I have to give an account for that. And so I will be standing before Jesus having to answer for these, the way that I lived after I was a believer. Now, doesn't disqualify me from heaven. I still get to go there, but it kind of depends on what, what look I have on my face as I get in there, right? Um, every deed that's brought out will either reflect the one that's seated on the throne, judging us, or ourselves. And so we'll, because of that, here's what we'll receive, either a reward or a rebuke. We will receive a reward. We, we refer to it as a, uh, a jewel in our crown or whatever that may be. And so what will happen, we're forgiven for those sins, but we stand before God and, and every reward that's given to us for every good deed, we will then turn around and lay back at His feet. Now, here's why I think this is such a big deal. Man, when we see Jesus as He truly is and we realize all that He is and all that He became for us and all that He saved us from, 
don't we want an armful to be able to lay back at his feet? And then just to be able to give whatever we've got. I think there's going to be a little sense of, I don't know, a little bit of shame there. Maybe, maybe just a little bit of, I could have been better. We get heaven, right? But in that moment, I think we're going to realize, man, I, there was so much more for me to grasp and to attain. Not for my benefit, but for His. Oh, I will look back and say, I could have made so much more of Him this side of eternity. And to realize that we didn't. That's what's going to come from that judgment. Is we're going to look at our lives and realize, oh, we could have made so much more of Jesus. And I think that matters in eternity. I saw that night. Yeah, you will. Uh, keep you humble, hopefully. <laughs> so, here's my question. What does all that have to do with Matthew 7? What, what does that judgment have to do with Matthew 7? Well, the measure and the way that we judge here is going to be the way that we'll be judged before that throne. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, if I, as a human believer, wrongly carry out judgment on another believer that same type and amount will then be turned around on me. So the way that Jesus judges me on that throne is a lot determined by how I have judged my fellow brothers this side of eternity. Now, what does that look like? The degree of harshness or demanding expectations are then going to be turned on me by Jesus. So, if I've exercised grace, in the life of a believer, another believer in judgment, then Jesus will exercise that grace as He judges me. Still means that my sin will be laid out before Him, but I think the way that He handles that will be dependent upon how I have judged others. If I demand a perfection from everybody else, Jesus will then demand perfection from me. And I think that judgment will be harsher than if I exercise grace towards my fellow believers. That's what Jesus is saying. Listen, the measure that you use is going to be poured back onto you. So think about that as you take this position that really you don't belong in as you judge these people. If you judge wrongly, the way you judge will be turned back on to you. And again, I want you to, I want you to think about that. Get that in your head. That you stand before God, and when you see Jesus, you realize, oh, I wasn't as righteous as I thought I was. Because here's the thing, we will, we will um, see Him clearly, but man, we, everything will be made clear to us. And this, these misperceptions we have about our righteousness here, if we don't judge ourselves correctly, will be made known in heaven. And we're going to stand before God, before Jesus, and maybe for the first time in our life realize, man, I wasn't as great as I thought I was. And, and when we do that, here's what we're going to have to do. When we look at Jesus, the face of our perfection, we're going to have to admit that we weren't as perfect as we thought we were. We're going to have to admit that, right? Yes, go ahead. I think one thing uh, that's made me realize a lot for me mm -hmm. is like you take uh, Moses and David and all them men. Much is given, but much is required. Mm -hmm. And just like he would not let Moses go on that promised land and... and you know, he, he gave an office to God. His, he was going to give his son and everything. Mm -hmm. But once he come to that place, he, he had to just turn around. Right. And in and and the judgment, because mm -hmm. when God puts something for us to do, 
Right. Right. And, and I, yeah, go ahead. I think when you really get honest with God, when you really spend enough time and you think about it, I don't care if you're saved or not. You don't shake up. Right. You don't. You just don't have it. <laughs> you don't. Right. So to me, I don't understand where you're going. <laughs> I mean, I understand some, but that's the grace of God. Sure. When I got born again, mm-hmm. and they told me that if I would confess my sins, He is faithful and just forgive my sins and clean me from all my unrighteousness, mm-hmm. then I don't have to worry about judgment. My sin now breaks my relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. It's not pleasing. But I still go under grace. Mm-hmm. I need that grace as much this moment as I ever did before I got it. Right. And right. I think that's what the mystery that Jesus was talking about was that his son was coming mm-hmm. and his love was going to be so great mm-hmm. that man couldn't comprehend his love. Right. And I think that love that, uh, and I know we will be, there will be two judgments. Mm-hmm. And I know our deeds will be judged. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Right. With fire. But to, but for me to think that I've got to worry about judgment now, mm-hmm. when I've confessed it and he doesn't want me, the verse we're, we're memorizing this week is do not, um, let not your heart be troubled. Do not trust in God, trust also in me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've been born again, you don't have any worry of judgment. Right. If you're born again, your judgment is taken, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then I don't have a change in the world. Because when I really get honest with God and see where I am, and I'm doing the best I know how, right. praying, reading the Bible, living as God, I come up so short. Mm-hmm. If I had to worry about that, and I didn't believe in grace, I'd throw my hands up to it. Well, so here's the cup, but here's the key. Here's the point. Okay. Um, if you understand grace, you'll extend grace to those whom you right. judge. Yeah. See, that's what Jesus is saying. If you, yeah. if you make harsh, self-righteous judgments uh, to your fellow believers, but yet you don't judge yourself the same way, remember, equitable judgment, then you stand before God thinking that you're better than you are. And when that's going to be revealed to you, what I, what I mean by better than you are is that your, somehow your deeds were overlooked, your sinful deeds were overlooked, yeah. only your good deeds were accepted. And here's what, here's what Jesus is going to say. When you stand before Him and you have to admit that it's only by your grace that I stand here, he's going to turn around and say, then why didn't you apply that same truth to your brothers? You see the point? Yeah. So, so do we need to be afraid of that judgment? I, kind of, I think I would ask you, what does that mean by, by afraid? What are you afraid of? I don't think that if you confess your sins, whatever they are, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's really, you can't even repent, you can't even confess your sins without His help. Right. You don't really know what they are. Right. And, and we, we do a sense of commission and omission mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, that the fear that I don't think, I do not think he wants his children to ever live in fear. He wants us to be in the abundant life. Mm-hmm. He said, I came that you have life and you have it more abundantly. Right. And that's living victorious every day. If I got to worry about my sins that, that they're going to come up one day, that's the whole, that's the whole glory sure. of, of, of grace. Right, but of true grace. Yeah, but I would say to you, they are going to come but up if again. I, but if I'm if I'm being deceived and yeah. I'm abusing grace, mm-hmm. now there's a difference. 
if people abuse grace, they say, well, I'm safe, so I can go out and I can steal and run around and do whatever I want. Yeah. They're abusing grace. But I'm talking about true grace. Yeah. Where you don't abuse grace. If yeah. You, well, you still come up short. Well, Romans chapter 6 says, uh, should we thou continue in sin so that grace may abound? Certainly not. Right. So we know that the way that grace is made known is not through more sin. However, on the judgment seat, that's exactly the purpose of why Christians are judged for their deeds. Because with every sin that is brought up is the, the truth that grace abounds, right? Yeah. Failure to acknowledge that and see that means that we have missed the mark. We've missed the grace of God. We haven't understood it. And so when we live this life before eternity, before that judgment, with this expectation that everybody's got to be perfect, but yet I don't extend that same expectation to myself because, well, God overlooks that. I understand grace, but I, but I don't understand it to the point that I extend it to everybody else. <laughs> then when I stand before God and I realize, oh, I need that grace, he's going to turn around and say, then why did you not extend it to the same person? That's the harshness or the degree of the judgment that's going to be placed on us. So, yes, um, Christ died and paid for every sin that we ever committed, are committing, and will commit. That is true. It's under the blood of Jesus, and the debt is paid, right? But the account has not yet been given. Does that make sense? I just thought we're going to be judged for our works. We are. Not for our deeds. Right. Our deeds yeah. are covered because if you've been born again, you have that Holy Spirit in you that desires mm -hmm. to please the Heavenly Father. Right. And we don't. It is Always. Right, right. And it is. And so, do we fail to see that? If we fail to see that here, we have to give account of it there, right? Yeah. We have to. So, yes, it's not a heaven or hell issue, though, right? We get heaven. We get heaven, right? But, but you want to get into heaven the best way you know how, right? You, you want, you want to, to go in with a smile on your face, knowing that the things that I didn't do right are covered under the blood, but I acknowledge them, and therefore, because I understand the sinner that I am, I've extended that grace to my fellow brothers. A refusal to understand grace is also an inability to extend grace to those who need it. And so that's the point that Jesus is making here. Judge not lest you be judged, because with the measure that you judge, it will be poured out onto you. You see what I'm saying? If I expect perfection from others, but not from myself, when I stand before the perfect one, he's going to demand the same thing from me. And all I'm going to be left doing is, I don't have it. It's, the what? The threat of Satan. Every day. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, not knowing it, not knowing it, we commit a sin. Okay. The Holy Spirit is gonna the Holy Spirit's gonna remind you. Right. Alright, if we ask the Holy Spirit to forgive us, he's gonna forgive us for that sin. Yes. But you still say we're gonna be judged. We're you still give an account for what you've done, we're yes. We're not give an account for it and be judged for it. We're not gonna be forgiven for it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to give it no, it doesn't mean to, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be forgiven for it. No. You are forgiven for it. You're forgiven for it the moment you confess it. You're actually forgiven for it when Christ died for it. But the point is that you still must give an account. You're held responsible for how you live. And I think that's kind of maybe where we're missing it here. Teacher, I've never heard this before. I'll be honest about it. I, I thought once I was washed, I was clean. Yeah, positionally you are. Positionally. 
And so that's why heaven is such a big deal because you're going to get heaven. But listen to me, folks, and I've preached this many times during the Sermon on the Mount. Heaven is not heaven if Jesus isn't there. We're not living to get to heaven. We are living to please Jesus. Right? I have believed, I have believed ever, since I, ever since I received salvation that when, when I confessed my sins and, when, and, and, and accepted Christ as my Savior and, and, and from, then, from then, just like I said a while ago, I've always believed my, that, my, that what I had seen prior to that was gone. Mm-hmm. I wasn't right. got to be Positionally, right? right? you got to think about and look at Scripture. David, a man after God's own heart, he committed adultery and murder. He was a man after God's own heart. He was forgiven, but that story is in the Word for all to see. That's in it. Even though he was like God. Yeah, but you gotta well but the Old Testament people aren't in heaven just because they that's right. sacrifice goats, right? No, wait, that's right. I'm not saying what that I've that I have basically that I've been taught and what I believe. And that's the gospel, right? That the blood of Jesus covers our sins, right? He pays the debt that our sin incurs. And when we and when we received Him as our salvation, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit prevails within our body to to live with us and be a redeemer and a reminder of what we're doing and what we're living mm-hmm. and how we should live mm-hmm. and what we need to be doing every day. That is correct. But how often, or do you 100% of the time obey what the Holy Spirit says? Well, Leads you. But if I don't, if, if, the, Holy, if the Holy Spirit, if, if, mm-hmm. I, if I do something and the Holy Spirit reminds me that I sin, I ask for forgiveness right then. I fall on my knees. Mm-hmm. Because you understand what? Because right. He's going to forgive me that, and I sin. Well, right. You don't presume so much on the forgiveness as you do the conviction of the Spirit that said you've done wrong. No, Right, right. But the forgiveness already happened, right? I feel because I'm going to be judged on everything that I've done after I received salvation. Uh, And it's it's written in the Mm -hmm. the Lamb's Book of Life of what what I have done and what I have received. Mm -hmm. And the whole whole life is going to be be listed in the book that Mm -hmm. is written after I received salvation. Right. We need to understand Hebrews, it talks about us now today under grace. We will be judged more harshly when you read that in Hebrews because the grace of God that we have, we have God Almighty living in us. We have less excuse to sin against God when they did not have God living in them. So you read in Hebrews, it said, You've not come to a mountain of fire. It's even more fear to tread under, underfoot the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was before the Messiah. I mean, and they had their doubts about who the Messiah was. But Abraham's righteousness was counted to him as righteousness because he believed God. He believed they promise, right? We have the evidence of the promise. We talked about that last week. 
I, I want to be clear because it sounds like there's maybe some confusion. Um, you're not going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name's not going to be in there, and then Jesus is going to stand before and say, I'll mark that out. But here's what I'm trying to get you to see. Our standing before Jesus is just as important as our position in heaven. Heaven's not the goal, right? Looking at at our Savior and acknowledging, I'm here because of you and you alone, not only do I acknowledge that now, but I live that way before I got here. That's the whole purpose of what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7. If we judge as if we're already perfect, and we expect that judgment on others, when we stand before God, when we stand before Jesus and realize that we weren't as perfect as we thought, Jesus is going to say, then if you realize that, why didn't you pour that out on the other people, on your other believers? That, that standing or that, that um, relationship there with Jesus is just as important in that moment as our getting into heaven, right? We're not going to just slide on into heaven and say, we're not going to just kind of go, well, Jesus, I hear what you're saying. Now, can I go get my mansion now? It's going to matter what Jesus has to say about us, right? Yes, it's all covered under the blood of Jesus, but we are still held accountable for what we've done. Here's why. If we don't acknowledge that, then the Holy Spirit's power and influence in our life really doesn't mean that much. Do you think it's wrong... Do you think it's just as wrong to disobey the leading of the Holy Spirit as it is to, to disobey the Word of God? Okay. So, so here's what we're saying. If, if, if this is big and important to me, but yet I hear the conviction of the Spirit and I go, well, you know, yeah, I'm under grace. It's not that big of a deal. And I bypass that or I don't give as much weight to that as I do the Word of God or the, the Gospel of Jesus then what I'm doing is I'm saying that the influence of the presence of the Holy Spirit is not really as important as the other two. And you can't do that. So what I'm saying is all aspects of the judgment are important. The main goal, listen, please hear this. The main goal is to not just slide into heaven. Okay? And I know you're not saying that. I'm, I'm not approaching that. I'm I know you're not. I'm approaching to what happened to me and what I did prior to the day that I accepted Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as my personal. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to go to heaven. Absolutely. I know that. Yeah. You're going to heaven. Your sins have been washed under blood. Then what happened prior to that, the sins that I did prior to that, is what you stirred or concerned in me about. Prior to salvation? If I've got to atone for my fall of that. No, 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 no. You, you are forgiven of all sin. My slate was wiped clean. That's what I say. Are you telling me that my slate was not wiped clean? No, no, no. I'm not saying your slate was... I'm, I, your slate is wiped clean from a indebtedness for your sin. You have to pay for your sin unless Jesus pays for it too. Right? Jesus He did. So that's the, that's the Lamb's Book of Life. It's settled. Your slate is wiped clean from that standpoint. How your slate is still recorded is in these other books, the books of deeds, right? But it's going to be brought out. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be brought out. Every bit of it. What's it? I mean, I mean, if it's brought out, what does that mean? I mean, other than us being ashamed. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you think it would be brought out? 
Yeah, why would you think it would be? What's the point of it being brought out, right? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Why do you think it is? I don't know, because most of the time when I sin, whether I ask for forgiveness or not, there's consequences to most of my actions. <laughs> well, yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. And so I thought it was taken care of here. We would like to think so, right? This is the first time I've heard this. Okay. I will be honest. So, so let me ask you this. I have never heard this before. Yeah. So when we stand before God... When we stand before God and, and He opens up those books, yeah, we got to move on because, man, it's, I'm not even going to finish this thing, man. Because, yeah, we need to pick this up. We'll pick this up in a couple of weeks. Um, yes, ma'am. It's a good way to put it, yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's like for chicks, it's the best shopping trip we'll ever get to go on because although some of the worth of our deeds mm -hmm. may be less than what we have hoped, we'll find the true worth of our deeds and be able to lay this precious gift at his feet. Mm -hmm. And that's the purpose of judgment, to right. determine what our life is worth. And that is, that's why we should work so hard not to sin, so that what we give him is a, an expression of our love and admiration right. and appreciation. It's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. And that's why your life... Yeah, but that's why your life... But that's why life matters. That's why the way you live post-conversion matters. Yes, and, and that's and that's that's kind of how we relate to jewels in your crown or crown, whatever you want to you put it. That's what you're going to lay at the feet of Christ, and therefore, yeah. All right, so all right to look at it this way to say, I don't really care if I lay anything at Jesus' feet. I'm gonna get in there. Means that you have no idea or understanding of what heaven really is. We are not looking to skate down streets of gold. We are looking to worship at the feet of Jesus for all eternity. Therefore, the object of the way we live, or the, the object or the purpose of why we live the way we live here, and what we will offer Him in eternity is Jesus, right? It's all about Him, and that's why the deeds matter. You know, you, you hear me say this all the time, you know, um, everything we do after we become a Christian is a reflection of something. We're a mirror. We're a walking mirror. And so we're either a reflection of the glory of God or the glory of ourself, right? And so everything that we're judged on, to put, use another analogy, everything that we'll be judged on at the throne will be what we've reflected. For everything we've reflected to give glory to God, we get a jewel. For everything that we reflected ourselves, we get a rebuke, right? And, you know, I don't know, maybe you're better at handling slaps on the wrist than I am. I don't like them. 
I'm not going to like them. I'm going to have plenty to take, right? Plenty. Um, and so to say that there won't be any punishment, I don't know, do you look at it as punishment? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. How do you explain the way on the cross? I mean, he just did it. He's like, gone. Oh, he don't have anything to yeah. ask for. Right. Yeah. So he's under the grace of God like we all are. Yeah, but right? i got to ask for a whole lot that he doesn't have to do. Well, I thought our sins were covered, but we only went to the judgment seat for, to be judged for our works. But there are two different. But there are two different works. You got to understand. There's there's different works. There's good works and bad works. That's the purpose of First Corinthians chapter three. There's. Right. Right. So it's so yeah, and we won't be rewarded for it, but we'll also we'll also have to give an account for why we did those things. If we didn't, then it wouldn't matter how much sin that we committed, right? That's kind of the premise. So it's like, and that's Romans chapter six. Shall we sin so that grace may abound? Certainly not. Just because you have a, a get-out-of-hell-free card doesn't mean that you use it to, to sin. If we weren't held accountable for our bad deeds, then why would we just do them? Why don't I give in to the flesh? Because what we do is a reflection of who we belong to. And both of them count, not only in this side of eternity, but when we stand before God. So I've heard that same, that same thing preached. The only thing we're going to be judged for is the good things we've done. Well, but Scripture doesn't say that, right? Scripture says good and bad. 1 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 Corinthians 3. There, is, there are good things that we build on the foundation of Christ. There are bad things. Bad things are going to be burned up, yeah, but it's going to be burned up at the same time that we receive the, good, the jewels for the good things, right? Yes. Both of them are there at the same time. And we do. But the judgment's already been granted. Yes, that's positional, right? We are getting to heaven. Okay? We're going to heaven if you're a believer. You're going to heaven. Okay? Don't go out and say, Man. Am I going to have to look for another job? I'm recording all this, too. I better